For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill After, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Talking Sass. And thank you guys so much for joining me. You know, it is the beginning of March, which means a lot of things. But one of the things that it means is it is my birthday month. I am so excited that it is my birthday month that I have lined up a stellar amount of guests to interview, including today's episode, which has not one, not two, not even three or four, but five guests. Really, I'm so excited to get started with this one. But before we do, because it is my birthday month and it is the beginning of the month, it is the beyond perfect time for you guys to sign up for patreon.com slash Not only are you going to get all the regular monthly exclusives, but there's going to be extra birthday surprises from me to you. So make sure you go and sign up on patreon.com slash of course, you can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at Sassy Steffi as well. And do me a favor. This is what I want for my birthday. Whatever you're doing right now, however you are listening or watching, go and subscribe. It is so important, and I would love to have you as a subscriber. So if you're on YouTube, make sure you subscribe and hit that bell notification. And also, if you are listening on your favorite podcast platform, make sure you hit that subscribe button. And more specifically, if you are listening on Apple, make sure you go and give me a five-star rating and leave a review. If you leave a review, who knows? I might just read it here on Talking Sass. Now, on to today's guest. Like I said, I have five amazing guests. Now, in 2007, I had just started wrestling. Actually, my wrestling anniversary is in like a week. But WSU also started in New Jersey, and it grew and grew and turned into a place that I consider one of my homes. I absolutely loved my time at WSU, and I wish I could go back and experience some of those things all over again. But today, we are going to be reminiscing about some of those, my memories and other people's memories. My One of my guests is Amy Lee, who is a badass, who will <laughs> skull fuck you in a heartbeat. Trust me on that. Another one of my guests is Annie Social, who is such a dominant force. Trust me, do not piss her off intentionally. You are going to regret it. Another one of my guests is Brittany Savage, who is not only my biggest rival on WSU, but definitely in my career. I spent a good probably three to four years wrestling her on a regular basis, but I would have it no other way. Another one of my guests is Marty Bell, who is the first person to appear, well, not the first person, actually, the first female to appear here on Talking Sass twice, because, of course, we have Dan Murphy every month. And the last, but certainly not least, is the man who brought it all together, WSU's 
the Mick, or as we know him, Sean, he brought us together and on its own, it became a sisterhood of women that I will never forget in my career for everything that they had done to expand wrestling for us and to help WSU grow. So I cannot wait to reminisce with my girls and, of course, Sean. So here we go. This is WSU Originals. This is the WSU Originals podcast. I am so excited to bring back five of some of my favorite people at WSU. And, I mean, obviously there's been a lot of history there. So we're going to cover from when Mick took it over, when it was a male and female promotion, all the way to what it is now. But to help me talk about these things, we obviously have to have some guests. So we're going to introduce each other. Of course, you know me. I'm Sassy Steffi. This is Talking Sass. Amy Lee, go ahead and introduce yourself. Yo, what up? This is Primetime Amy Lee. I am the original bitch of WSU. And next, we're going to go to my greatest rival at WSU, Brittany Savage. Hey, I'm Brittany Savage, and I do not have as great of a start off like Amy did, but yes, I am one of the WSU originals as well. Thanks, Amy. <laughs> next up, we have the lovely Marty Bell. Hey guys, this is Marty Bell, former Spirit Champion and former WSU Tag Team Champion. We have the Mick. I am Sean. I'm the only WSU promoter that ever matters. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, we have Annie Social. Tag Team Social, first ever and bunch of whole bunch of fucking times Tag Team Champion WSU. Hell yeah. So Mick. Back in 2007, you actually bought WSU from another promoter who had, it It was a men and women's promotion, and you bought it, and on March 3rd, 2007, you had your very first show, and you had some amazing names on the show, not, I mean, amazing names, we have Daphne, we have Talia Madison, which everybody knows is Velvet Sky, Becky Bayless, Missy Hyatt, and of course we had Amy Lee on that show, what, what made you buy that promotion and turn it into an all-women's promotion at the time? Um, well, I didn't buy it. What happened was the guy who had it before me owed me money, so I just took it over. And uh, I just decided to do it because I was running um, spot shows for Joe Panzerino and NWS, and we were running, like, women's uh, tournaments. So I had the DVD rights, and when I saw it was selling, I said, maybe this is the avenue I want to go down. And then uh, I just took it from there, and uh, Alicia was a big part of that, you know, helping get, like, all those names you listed. And from there, we just uh, started rocking and rolling. Amazing. Amy, I know you were on that first show. You were in the ring with Alaire Littlefeather. What was it like the first show for you? Oh, it was tremendous because Mick actually was the first person to ever spotlight real women's wrestling. It wasn't all tits and ass and it wasn't grabbing coochies and all that stuff. It was real women's wrestling. And I have to say, I'll give Mick a shout out. One of the reasons why I stuck with Mick over the years and when Mick left and sold the company is because he always treated the women like his sister. 100%. Annie, when was your first match with uh, WSU? Wait, was that me? Yeah. Oh my God, I don't, I don't even know. Honestly, I could not tell. I could not tell you the first person. I, wait, wait. <laughs> Shit, dude, I don't remember. I'm not even gonna lie. Okay, that's no problem. No problem. Brittany, who was I your first not, match there at uh, WSU? 
Oh, my first match was a great time. Um, so I teamed up with uh, Raina Fire against um, Melissa Coates and <laughs> Tracy Lynn. It was a great time. <laughs> now, my Marty, <laughs> Marty, I remember her first match because I think it was my second or third show there. And we actually <clears throat> discussed this on the podcast. She was wrestling the Boston Shore with uh, Tina San Antonio, and I told her, I just remember I was watching that match with the curtain, and I just saw Lish light her up, and I was like, oh, my God, that poor so, woman in that ring. I, I was I was trying to find, because I have somewhere around here, I actually have, like, one of the original posters for, uh, for it wasn't for, obviously, it wasn't for the first show ever, but I definitely have that somewhere. I'll have to find it. Uh, yeah, my first match at WSU was myself and Tina, and it was our first time tagging. Uh, and I'm also, like, 100% positive I also got concussed that match. So <laughs> it was a great uh, introduction into uh, independent wrestling because I really, like, Mick was one of the first guys who ever, like, gave myself and Tina uh, a, a chance. So when I wrestled, that was in March. I had my first match in November, and you know by the next by twenty by March 2010, I was wrestling on WSU. So I didn't have much experience. I didn't know how to protect myself. I didn't know how to take care of myself, and uh, I think it showed. Oh, but I mean, it was obviously something I remember watching through the curtain. Like, there's not many matches I can be like, oh yeah, I watched this match, and I can tell you exactly what happened. But that match, just because of that one chop, I was like, oh. Like, it's I've been 11 years, so yeah. <laughs> I remember, I remember. It was Alexa Thatcher. Oh, that's a name I haven't heard in quite a long time. Yeah. And I it's smashed crazy. my shoulder and lost three minutes of the entire match. I do not remember those three minutes at all. Really? Did yeah. you get concussed, or what happened during that match? I, like, separated my shoulders. And then continued to take, like, six four bumps that I don't remember. When I went back and watched it, I was like, what? When did that happen? Wow. I mean, WSU, honestly, like, just my personal opinion and probably a lot of others, like, it was a lot of tough women, like, just in general. Like, I don't think anybody else probably separated their shoulder and continued like Annie. But, like, I felt, and, I mean, you guys can chime in and let me know what you guys think, like, of course, you had Shimmer, and later you had Shine and other women's promotions that came along. But, like, I felt like WSU was kind of like this underground, gritty, but, like, powerful women going out there and putting on, like, amazing shows. Gritty it was, was raw. Gritty yeah, was the first word that came to mind because mm-hmm. we – I was, like, I was explaining – I was talking to somebody about me doing this podcast today and, and kind of explaining what WSU was, and I was like, yeah – we were the first promotion that had that, what was it, 120-minute Iron Woman match, the War Games match. One of my, one of my like, big matches at WSU was a big uncensored match where I got, like, slaughtered. Like, there were a lot of really, really big matches that you didn't see women having and also just, like, that spotlight. Like, the 120-minute Iron Woman, Woman match was insane. Was it, or was it 109? I forgot, but it was, like... It's like I like 85 or something like that. Oh, well. The one with Mercedes and Lexus, right? Yeah. Yeah. To me, it was like 120 minutes because it was, it was amazing. And it was – but women weren't doing shows like this. And not just, not just matches like this, but shows like this. Yeah, and we were having the doubleheader weekend. So not just would you go and see one show, you would see two shows. And you were just seeing women, I mean, literally 
just pretty much putting their whole bodies on the line. I mean, obviously, Annie talked about her uh, shoulder being separated. At one time, I may or may not, with the help of my uh, Midwest militia sisters, you know, uh, hurt Mercedes Martinez just a little bit in a War Games match and handcuff Amy and Brittany to the cage at the same time. But um, <laughs> it was it was different. And I remember, like, I don't want to put over the Midwest militia too much, but, like, I remember that particular match. Melina had just come from WWE. She had been fired, and it was her first, I think, independent show from WWE. And she came up to us in the War Games match and was like, WWE, of course, at that time, would never let us do anything like what you guys are going to do with a with a cage match, let alone a war game. Especially with a finish like that, too, with a machete. <laughs> yeah. But basically, if you think about it, WSU, it was it was the balls of of pro of indie wrestling at the time. I mean, we didn't have to take light bulbs and crack them over one another's heads and and bob wire and stuff like that. We we relied more on our our skills and our talent and and, and things like that. And that's why it was um so so entertaining because it was surreal to a lot of people. And we just basically, if you think about, it, we just kicked the shit out of one another because we all had one thing in common. Well, a couple of things in common. One, we all love pro wrestling. Two, we all wanted to show women in a positive light. And three, you know, you can be a beauty, but you can be a beast in the ring. And that's what we were showing. As a matter of fact, when I my last match with WSU, when I decided because I had talked to Mick about retiring, I put Brittany Savage over and. If it was anybody else, they would have asked me outside of WSU. I would have said, screw you, fuck off. But I gave it to Brittany, and, and I gave it to her because she was coming up. She busted her ass. And I have to say, you took an ass whooping that day. I beat you. I beat you like fucking Joan Crawford with a wire hanger. And you took it like a champ, and you had my respect. And you busted your ass. And that's why And that's why it was a, it was a pleasure to put you over. It really was. Thank you. It was definitely one of my favorite matches of all time. No, I just I just want to ask a question here to Amy and Brittany. Was that the infamous dildo match? Oh my yes. God, that's me and Amy yes. a dildo, and I was like, <laughs> yes. okay. It was a, it was yes. a, I believe a fans bring the weapons match, and Amy, yes. you, you took that dildo and just. Went to town on Brittany or Brittany. There was a golf club included too. But I told her, I said, I'm going to beat you to death. I'm going to beat you like a dog. I said, but I'm going to put you over. And I said, and when I'm done with that, you're going to you're gonna be larger than life. And I was right because she was able to, when she went into war games and things like that, she already had a kick-ass reputation. So why not? Thank you, Amy. Amy may have had some trade official back then. I, I had what? Had some creative control. <laughs> There's no way I would have said, hey, go, go use a dildo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the fan handed it to me, and you have to give the fans what they want. <laughs> <laughs> That's another moment. Like like, it, like I said, I don't have a lot of moments where I watch matches from behind the curtain, and, like, I can remember specific things that happen. But WSU, it seems to be one of those places that, like, yeah. I saw shit that I never thought I'd see, and it stayed with me. <laughs> well, Sassy, if you remember, we met at another women's, um, it was like a custom. <laughs> we met down in Tennessee, and I said yeah. to you, you got to get a hold of Mick because I just loved your charisma. I loved your ring etiquette. I loved your style. And I said, you got you to gotta reach out to him. Tell him I told him to, to use you, and I just kept being persistent for you to contact Mick. And that was one thing, Mick, Mick I always gave you kudos for. If people reached out to you, 
you know, you would give them the opportunity. You always gave people an opportunity. They either sank or, sw- you know, sank or swam, so. Yeah, like we're just saying, like the creative control joke, that really was kind of the way it was. Just I never really interfered with what you guys wanted to do. I'd give you, like, the yeah. outline, but you guys just took your own ball and ran it, you know? Yeah. And I think that's part of what made WSU special as well, because, like, I've been to some promotions where, like, literally on the wall – it has my whole match planned out for me. Like, it only happened once, and I, I was just baffled. I was like, I'm a 12-year person in this business, and this person who doesn't know me at all literally wrote out move for move what the fuck I was doing. I was just like, oh, I don't even understand. But at WSU, you had that creative control with your match. Like, if you wanted to do something, I you know, I could go up to Mick and be like, hey, is this cool? And he's usually like, yeah, do what you want. It's your match. And to me... That was so special to have, especially early in my career where I was green as shit coming in and wrestling. And I can you guys agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. Because the, the psychology behind that with Mick was a happy wrestler is a very productive wrestler. So he let you plan your match, but it was up to you to deliver. And if you didn't deliver, just ticks on you. Mm. But everybody always stepped up. That was the one thing. Mick gave you an opportunity, gave you a platform, and you guys ran with it. And that's the most important thing, is you, you were quick to seize those opportunities given to you, which are not given, as you said, in other promotions. And a lot of it had to do with Mercedes, too, being around. Because you could always, like, for you, I can't tell you how to do anything. Mercedes, you know, she can help you put your matches together. I think she was, like, a huge part of, like, why I got successful, too, you know? Well, yeah. I, I mean, feel like I actually remember you saying something like that one time. You're like, I'm not a wrestler. I don't know. Ask Mercedes. Like, it was. And honestly, I feel like I appreciated that so much more because you were, you looked, you were handling the business side of things. You were handling making sure things, you know, everybody was getting paid. The show was successful. People were showing up. But then you left the wrestling to the wrestlers. And I think that that's so important. And, like, that's also probably why you had some people that were happy because. You, it, it is hard when somebody who's never, you know, been a wrestler is trying to tell you how to be a wrestler. You're like, but you're a business person. I'm not telling you how to run your business. So having people like Mercedes, like Amy, we had so many, like, amazing vets in the locker room that would be the ones to be like, hey, this is what you should do. And I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Mercedes told me to do this 100%. Like, yeah. no questions asked. And I one thing, too, is I feel like we built so many relationships in WSU, like, obviously, Alex and Kay's my best friend. We've been best friends for X number of years because we met in a WSU yeah, I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that. Wow. Oh, yeah. Like, I, like yeah, Alex and Kay's literally, like, my date to every single family event and vice versa. Like, <laughs> it's, it's – but we met at WSU. Even, like, mm-hmm. continuing on, you know, working for Shine, working for Shimmer, I always felt comfortable talking to Mercedes because we have built that relationship at WSU. Mm-hmm. Well, I know I have a picture. I'm, I'm pretty sure maybe all of you are in it. I'm going to have to double check. Well, not the mix, but it, the girls. And there's a bunch of people in it. And it's just like, I felt like that was family to me. Like, when I went to WSU, like, I felt I could be myself. And mm-hmm. I could do what I felt, obviously, like we were saying, we had creative control. I could do what I felt was right for my match or for myself in that instance. And, like, I feel like, it, as I said, it's my home. But also that, like, that's where I really grew as a wrestler. Like, yeah, okay, I went to Shimmer, and I, I had great matches there, too. But I didn't grow as a wrestler there as much as I did at WSU. So that's the picture I was talking about, Marty. Which one's that? Is that from a Hall of Fame? 
No, it was, I don't even know. It's Amy, Athena, Leva, Serena, Jana, Cindy, Mercedes. Shout out on the camera. I think we were all just fucking off that day. I'll have to, I'll, I'll send it to you, Seth. I, like, yeah. I was looking through, and I have so many pictures so from, from WSU. Yeah. But that one, that's a great picture. Mm-hmm. And it shows the talent wow. that, okay, yes, we always had, like, uh, vets that we could look up to that would come in, like, say, like, a rain, or, like, I wrestled Angelina Love. I know she was there a couple of times. Uh, Daphne was there. You know, there was always women that were well-experienced at WSU, but then, like, all of a sudden, towards the end of Mick, like, people were coming up to, like, I know me and Brittany as well, like, okay, guys, what about this? And we're like, how, how did we become yeah. how did we become the locker room leaders all of a sudden? I know Nancy, um, not Nancy, but uh, Annie Social as well. I mean, I, I always looked up to her. I got her booked in Cleveland a couple of times because I was like, I want to work with her more. And unfortunately, at WSU at the time, our paths had never crossed. Dude, I always had fun wrestling with you. Yeah. Yeah, super fun times. But I also, like, I loved the original WSU because Mick was just like, here's what, I, here's what I initially want, just have a fucking blast. And that's what we did. You know, we got to do whatever we want, say whatever we want. You can't do that shit anywhere, and it'll never happen again. Well, I, some I, of I, us can't, but some of us can because we just do it. <laughs> <laughs> some of us just do it. We don't care. We're like Nike. We just do it. But, no, you're right. Um, the one thing I liked about it, and you have to understand, I came in from – I had worked for Jerry Law at USWA. So I had worked – actually, there wasn't too much women's wrestling around for me. So to come into WSU, I was originally into another um, women's extreme company where it was TNA and wrestling. And they used the TNA to lure in for the platform of wrestling. But then Mick came along, and I was like, yeah, this is what I want. Because if you look, you had all – it was a very diversified um, group, all different backgrounds, all different ethnic backgrounds, you know, race, color, creed, religion, geographical. But you know what? We all united. You know, we all – like I said, like I said in the beginning, we all were there for one thing positive women's wrestling because we were tired of all the tna and always you know this that and the other and we all know i wasn't a tna girl i was leather i was like whoop your ass in leather kind of girl but i i enjoyed wsu because i saw when marty came in for the first time and i saw her mature and grow and you sassy stephanie and 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 Brittany and annie and i and i actually trained annie in in south philly a, a few times so to see you guys come in these young, basically to me, kids come into these these mature women that have developed in this promotion. It, it just tickled my heart every time I see you guys in, in a main event or going for the strap or something like that. It just tickled my heart because, you know, some of you guys are like handpicked and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And some of you guys, I just watched you grow and I knew your background or where you came from. And I'm like, yeah, no, they got that old school in them. And all of you have that old school mentality. So, you know, you, you guys should really be proud of yourselves of what you've accomplished (laughs) no it's true i was a huge i really was a huge huge mark for marty and tina i was a huge mark for them i love watching them i love watching you know the militias i used to you know and then i would watch i i I would watch all you guys britney i I watched when britney first came with the platinum blonde hair and the little outfits and then i just watched her develop into this 
terror in the ring, and I'm like, this, she gets it. You all got it. And and he, Mick gave you the platform. That's the most important thing, and that's what, that is the biggest thing that I took away is I got to watch some of the people I cherish the most grow and develop. And you've gone on to better things and bigger things. So kudos to all of you. Thank you. Aww, look at Mama Amy. She's getting all <laughs> sentimental. That's because I'm old. You, Mama <laughs> That's because I'm old. <laughs> I feel like our era of time with the company is, like, way ahead of its time. Like, we just missed yeah. the boat on everything, you know? Yeah. There's a million women promotions out there. Even, like, the MMA, you see them in UFC, uh, Bellator, whatever. Like, we just missed, we were there, but I think it could have been bigger if we had it, like, now, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, you think about it, um, a lot of people credit Shimmer as well, but, like, I think you have to throw WSU in there because without WSU doing the things that we did, I don't think you would have had the same kind of women's revolution that they're talking about now within the last, like, three, four, five years at WWE because they are having war games matches. Who did that first? WSU did. Right. Who had the first Iron Woman match? It wasn't anybody else. It was WSU. So, like, you know, I don't think – I mean, like I said, there's so many women in the WWE right now or in AEW and wherever else, TNA or Impact, whatever it's called now, that have come through the doors of Shimmer, and they always credit Shimmer. But I think you have to – also credit WSU because a lot of them came through WSU as well. And, I mean, you have veterans, too. Like I said, I mentioned, you know, the Velvet Skies, the, you know, Angelina Loves, the Daphnes that were all there as well that had those established TV names and elevated us, the people coming up in the business Aww. as well. I well, think the Shimmer, give- Shimmer, when it came to them, it's just pure wrestling, I always thought. When I, I only watched like, one or two of their shows, and it just seemed like it was just wrestling, 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 like, what I liked about what we did was, you know, well, you guys were, like, part of it. You know, it was all storytelling. You know, it just every time I watched a shooting match, I felt like if I watched one match, I watched them all kind of thing. Yeah, where I watched the characters doing all their own stuff. And that's why, I, you know, it goes by how you grew up with. And I don't know what he used to watch, but I know what I used to watch. And you see, like, right. the East influence and what we were doing, you know. We weren't cookie cutters. Like, you never (laughs) – we definitely weren't cookie cutters. You never knew what was coming out of someone's mouth or what they were going to do in the ring or anything like that. But before we get deeper into this, i got to give a shout-out to our girl, Mercedes Martinez, and working for WWE. Now, i got to give her a shout-out. She stuck through it, man. That girl deserves kudos for what she did. She really does. She really does. i got to give her a shout-out. Got to give Mercedes a shout-out. I hope she gets a big payday one day, you know, like the big WrestleMania payday. Yeah, yeah. She's challenging. I think I'm pretty sure she's challenging for the NXT Women's Title at their next big pay per view. It's like her and Tony Storm. Yes, February 13th. So, oh man, like yeah, it. There are some people that you're just so happy to see them succeed. Another person Mm -hmm. like that is Athena, like Athena, Heidi Loveless, all these girls, like. Watching them on TV and like watching them debut makes me just so it, it's made it makes me so happy because it really does feel like one of your sisters is like yes. is, is succeeding and and especially when you've seen where they come from you've seen how hard they've grinded nobody has grinded harder than Mercedes Martinez 100%. so for Mercedes to finally like have the spotlight that she deserves that she's worked so hard for like I know all of us are just like 
The only thing I will say is, Mick, the one thing Mercedes does for WWE, she never did for you, that's wear makeup and be foo-foo looking. (laughs) 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 But see, that's the difference. You never asked her to do that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Have have all of us been in the ring with Mercedes at one point in time at WSU? Yeah. Um, I only wrestled Mercedes once, and it was like literally a three-minute match. It was me and Tina versus her and Alicia. And uh, one of the pictures that I found is her booting me in the face. And I remember that, uh, like, Alexis's chop or Lexis's chop was nothing compared to the Mercedes Martinez chop. But one of the pictures I found, which I also sent to you, is literally Martinez giving me a boot. And I just remember, I just remember being in the room with her and her being like, I got you. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> if you want to talk about chops, ask Amy about the chops turn Luna gave to the Diva Killers. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> we retired him. <laughs> As Luna would say, those Drano drinking douchebag green beans, Mick, no more. <laughs> I wish I would have been around when Luna was at WSU. Let me tell you something. That night she was hot because um, what happened was, and you guys are going to just go, they fucking do what? We were sitting there, and they were calling the match. And I looked, and I went, oh, you ain't the vet. Luna's, and Luna just put her hand up and goes, I got this little sister. It's okay. And then she looks down, and the one um, had kick pads on. She goes, you have kick pads on. You better fucking know how to use them. And then she said, don't yank on my neck. Don't yank on my neck, and we'll be fine. Don't yank on my neck. We're not even two minutes into the match. They're yanking on her neck. They're pulling on her neck. I was like, what the? F-? She just snapped. She beat the balls. And then the one went to, the bigger one went to, run, I don't even fucking remember her name. She went to powder out, and I threw her back in because Luna oh. said, don't you fucking let her leave her. I'll kill you. So I threw her back in the ring. And she's like, what are you doing? I go, I get my ass kicked by Luna. Fuck you, dumb bitches. And she took a pan. She beat the shit out of Liz Staff. She beat the shit out of the Diva Killers. I helped her. I skull fucked them. That's where skull fuck originally came from. And then we're getting ready to leave. She cuts a promo in the ring. We're getting ready to leave. And Missy Sampson comes over and says, now, they're going to grab their stuff and leave. So you guys just wait here. I looked and I went, you're the fucking veteran. Why you got to wait to go in the locker room? She was like, I'll kill those bitches. <laughs> and she just started running towards the locker. It was awesome. <laughs> it's funny because if you look at the history of WSU, and I know that was like a bad incident. That's probably the only incident I ever had. But um, that helps like kick off the promotion because everyone heard about what happened with Luna and Amy that night. And I, I can't remember how many DVDs I sold, but at the time it was the number one selling DVD, and that like <laughs> got us like a lot of attention. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. And then the dumbasses, instead of like playing it down, they went on social media talking shit. Remember, Meg? And I'm like, that was good. That was good for business. So I, I enjoyed it. I was like, keep talking because you're adding to my reputation. Please, just keep talking. Just keep talking. Just keep talking. So yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's another great thing with social media. And when I did a podcast with Allison Kay, she actually said the reason why she got Twitter was because Jessica and I forced, well, not forced her to, told her to get it because of WSU. We were going to one of the shows or coming back, and she's like, "We get you get this instant gratification from the, at that time, the shows were on, I think, like, fight something, whatever the, the dot-com was, and everybody was getting it instantly. 
So you were getting this instant feedback. And I think that was another thing with WSU that we grew so much because people were using social media to promote their stuff. Like I know me and Brittany Savage, like how many promos did we do that we put online and that was the only contact we had in between shows where at the shows we were just beating each other down. <laughs> yep. I think that helped Jessica Havoc out a lot too with the yeah. with Twitter and her promo she was doing at the time. Yep. And her big feud with Mercedes that helped her a lot. A lot. Yeah. Yes. 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 That's the only thing I ever had an issue with Mercedes. I'd always have to annoy her her to hell. Please cut me a promo, please cut me a promo, please get your phone because she was never on like social media or nothing like that. I think they could be actually forced against the social media. Yeah, she I think when she has Instagram, she has Facebook. Uh, well, so when she did the classic, they made her. She, <laughs> had, she had one that she literally had, like, ten pictures on, and it was private, and she had no friend, like, nobody on it. It was literally, like, friends and family, very, very close friends and family. And literally, WWE was like, no, we need to tag you and stuff. Like, you need, you need one. So they made her open one, and then that's when she kind of started being like, all right, whatever, I'll post a thing. And she'll post, she, like, barely posts, but, I mean. No, she posts now. She's a she's a social media hoe. She loves it. She's addicted. When she's at the gym, look at this, the Latin sensation, baby. And she's posing, you know, with all the tats showing and that funky Popeye pose she does. But I, I love it. I pop every time. I just think it's awesome. Well, like we said earlier, I mean, if anyone in within the wrestling business deserves it, I mean, Mercedes definitely does. She grinded for years, how many injuries she had, how many comebacks she had. Like, I remember there was one time, I didn't know, she, I don't think anybody knew she was coming back at this point in time, and I went over to Angie Skye, who is a girl here in Montreal area, because she was making my gear, and I happened to go in her gear room so she could, like, measure me. And she had Mercedes Martinez gear up on her board. And I was like, is Mercedes coming back? And she's like, yeah, but no one's supposed to know. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was so excited just to know she was coming back at that time. I mean, this is like probably six, seven years ago, obviously. So yes. that's quite a while ago now. But well, that's how Mercedes started. Like you were just saying she was like injured and stuff. When WSU started, she was injured. So I was paying her just to come cut promos and do nothing. And that's eventually how our relationship grew and how she just kind of like took over for the company, you know? The best. Because, I mean, best, she really best. helped all of us grow into the women that we became at WSU, along with Amy and Annie, who had been there for, for a long – actually, I remember the first time I met Annie, I, had, I was at a JAPW show, and they had just – her and Gabby, or Roxy Cotton at the time, <laughs> came from WSU, and they're like – we're not even supposed to be here. Like, shh. I was like, okay. And, like, I had this match planned out with this other person, and the promoter comes up to me and goes, okay, change everything. And I'm like, wait a second. The match that I'm going out next, and he's like, yeah, you and Roxy Cotton. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, you're next. Go. And Because, like, the pin just happened. And I was like, what? I'm, like, six months in the business at this time. I was like, you want me to go? I literally just met her and Annie 10 seconds ago, and you want me and Roxy Cotton to go out there and have a match? And, like, I remember as I'm going out the curtain, Roxy's like, am I healer baby face? <laughs> 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 like, Roxy Cotton was my first ever indie match, and Annie Social was there. It was in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I, I probably had had, like, two or three matches at my school, but, like, those, you know, they were just, like, in front of like basically family 
So the first, it was my first ever wrestling road trip, like, like just the girls. And, um, my first ever match was any, was, uh, Roxy Cotton, Gabby Gilbert now and Annie Social. And I remember meeting Annie and being like, Oh, I think she hates me. I was like, she, I, she hates me. There's just, she just hates me. Her personalities are so different. I was like, oh, Annie hates me. And Gabby's like, no, no, no. She, she really likes so I'm like, no, no, no. She definitely hates me, but she doesn't hate me. No. I love you. Come on now. <laughs> and that's so true. Cool. Remember, do you remember when uh, Gabby had to pull over? She got, like, car sick. And then she was, like, she's barfing all over the side of the road. And then no, she barfed on herself. So we were in, yeah. in like, in, and we were in North Carolina, and it was like super windy. I, I wasn't sure. I was. I almost told the story, but you brought it up, so I'm going to. We were literally driving, and we were literally like going in circles, basically. And Gabby made like got car sick, but we were, there's like nowhere for her to pull over. She's literally like, "I'm sorry, guys," and just like turns her head and like throws up in her lap. Oh. And then she pulled over. She kept throwing up and like found some like sweatpants in her in the in the back. So, like, in the middle of the road, it's, like, changing and putting on sweatpants. So we went to Denny's. It was great. Yeah. And she had, a bl- she had a blanket wrapped around her in Denny's. Yeah. I was like, right? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. This, yeah. That was wild. That dude, that dude, that dude that we worked for, he was trying to get us to do costumes. Like, yeah. and he brought out this box of bathing suits and was like, hey, wear one of these. I was like, bro, I'm not wearing some weird-ass bathing suit. They look, they just pulled out of a box and showed and a bunch of boots too. And he's like, "Don't worry, they're really old." And we're like, "What oh, do you great. mean?" Oh, great, like, better. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> my my. I tried that with Amy once. It didn't go over well. Was that? I said I tried doing that with Amy once. It didn't go over well. You make me drunk, Dave. You notice how makes a badass when he's on the computer? You you inherited Gene Moore's tough guy t- keyboard fingers. <laughs> Fuck face. Now, I, my 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 funniest memory at WSU was um, I'm getting married, and my my family was throwing a surprise shower, but they invited like uh, Little Feather, Riptide, um, a bunch of the girls, and Mercedes comes up to me in the locker room and goes, "Here you go, Mama Chooch," and I go, "What the fuck's that for?" She goes. For your bridal shower, and, Merce- and Missy goes, Jesus Christ, Mercedes, you blew the fucking spot. It was supposed to be a surprise. That was the first night I wrestled Kong. I went to my bridal shower with a bruise from the back of my arm all the way down to my elbow. I must have had, like, 15 bruises on me. I, like, art beat the balls off me that day. I walked in there. And that night I had gotten drunk with – um with Kia at, at um, a sushi bar, and she wound up flashing her tits to the Hibachi guy. <laughs> I said, oh, my God, I look like two St. Bernard's going there. But, uh, yeah, no, there were some good times. There were some really good times there with everybody. So, so what was, like, for each person, I want you to go through. Uh, Amy, we'll start with you. What was your favorite match that you were participating in at WSU? I would have to say... It was in that shithole theater um, Mick had for us. What was that theater called, Mick? It was in Booton, New Jersey. Booton, New Jersey. That's it. That's it, Brittany. Booton, New Jersey, and I was wrestling Kong, and we took it to the street, and we jumped on the hood of some guy's car and was screaming. And across the street was a family ice cream parlor, and when these people are out there with their kids looking at us in terror, in pure terror, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful moment. It was a hallmark moment for women's wrestling. 
<laughs> Annie, how about you? What was your favorite match that you were a part of at WSU? Oh, no question, Serena B. Oh. Yeah, I I absolutely loved wrestling her. She beat the living crap out of me. I had most bruises on my boobs ever in my life. It was pretty insane, but dude, she's so good. Like it was it was great. I loved it. Brittany. Um, honestly, I enjoyed a lot of my matches, but I think my absolute favorite was my last and final match I had with Mercedes, just because of the build-up, because we had so much history there, so that build-up was, to me, that was phenomenal. It was a good time. Marty? I have two. The first one was obviously winning the tag titles with Jazz. That was, like, just a little girl in me is like, huh? But I think my most memorable match, like, just in general, was when I won the Spirit Championship from Mercedes, uh, from, from Jessica. Uh, because Mercedes wasn't, like, Mercedes, I have pictures of me, like, almost crying in the ring as Mercedes is handing me the title and, like, whispering. There's something she whispered in my ear that I'm, like, never going to forget because it was just, it was so amazing. And you were involved in that, uh, Steffi. The Midwest Militia was involved, so Allison Kay was in that, too. But just... It was amazing, and just obviously, like, Mick, you giving me that opportunity, I ended up holding the title for 602 days. Like, that was huge for me, and that was that was my first ever singles title. So it, it meant a lot. That Everything, just everything about that. And, and the leading up to it, that was the third match her and I had. So it, it like, it meant something. It wasn't just so – it didn't feel like a throwaway match, so I really appreciated the opportunity. Well, for me, I definitely have to say, like, it was probably, I mean, the first time I won my, my first singles title was actually from Brittany. It was a spirit title on, I don't know, maybe the sixth anniversary show, fifth or sixth anniversary show, and it was amazing. Ivory came out and chased off Rick Cataldo and oh, yeah. ended up, like, it was awesome. My mom was there. It was amazing. Brittany and I, I mean, honestly, our feud will be one of my favorites that I ever had. But, of course, to me, my favorite match is always going to be the War Games match just because I was so out of my own element on that. Like, I never thought I would be put in a position like that. I remember me. I'm not particularly religious at all. And I went up to Mercedes before the match, and I was like, "Um, can we pray? Because, <laughs> like, that's like I was having a oh shit moment, you know. I what did I get myself into here? And knowing the things that we had planned, I was like, oh man, this is going to be insane. So that that's definitely going to be one of my like top favorite moments, not just at WSU, but I mean of my whole entire wrestling career. Mick, of all the shows you put together, do you have a favorite match, or can you even? I look at it differently because I look at like, the business, like oh, this is what helped us like get to the next level, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like one of my favorite things was the, um, I guess it was the s- second or third or last show I did when Wolf the Midwest Militia all won the belts. Just that photo of all three of you guys. Yeah. I was yeah. like, all right, we building that for like two years, and when all yeah. you guys finally got, I was like, all right, now we're at the next level, and then I sold the company. <laughs> 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 I couldn't top what I did with that. So I'm out. That was it. That was, that was it. Let's talk about that because after that happened, I mean, we we kind of reminisced a, a little bit about it before we started recording. Is we were all on this trajectory like this, and then I feel like Drew didn't really know what to do with a handful of girls that he had, and then of course there was um, Alicia and Brittany and several other girls who 
were the hardcore grown women in WSU. Like that's where you knew them from. They weren't wrestling, you know, on a, on a, like on a shimmer show or anything like that at the time. That's where, you know, the homegrown girls is basically what I'm saying. And they difficulties and everything in between, they stopped coming to the shows. And then DJ took over. And I know myself, uh, Marty, you were there. Also, Annie, Amy, you were there for your induction. And then you also came in to help run the backstage a little bit at one time. Why do you think Drew and DJ just absolutely dropped the ball on this? Well, first of all, not everybody, when, when you're very successful in what you do, and Mick was very successful at WSU, he made it look easy. So they did that horrible word called assume. That's the word ass that comes before you and me. And that's what they did. They assumed they could do the same thing. And then the difference was Drew pretty much was trying to dictate to people, and he reached out to me. I declined because once Mick sold it, I was done because I was starting to end my career. I was like, I was, I was going places in my legal career. So I was, I was ending my wrestling career slowly. So, and Mick and I had talked about that previously to him selling it. That's why I became more of a commissioner role um, at WSU my last, my last year or two there. So then DJ had where it was the hall, the hall of fame and stuff. And I actually thought it was a rib because I was like, they don't even like there's WSU ain't around. But there was a couple of people that reached out to me and everything. And then when I found out Annie was inducting me, I said, well, it's legit because Annie don't play games. So I was like, cool. If anything, my, my, my baby from South Philly is going to induct me, my baby Chooch. So I was like, sweet. So, And a lot of the girls that were from WSU was there. You were there. I hadn't seen you in a while. You were there. And I had guys, other girls I had worked shows with, like Mickey Knuckles and stuff like that. There was, there was a big locker room of people that I had known over the years throughout my career that I – seen grow grow up in the business so then um dj he pretty much wanted to dictate too with the women and tell them you're doing this and you're doing that but then he never stuck to it and he cowtailed to people whereas mick just basically said this is the match this is the idea i want to get across you it's your job to get the point across it's your job to have the talent and the skill to get it across but this is what i want to cross drew tried to dictate um, DJ tried to dictate, and then when you screw people on money, that's a bad combination. Dictatorship and, and bad pay, that's just that's just the recipe of destruction. I can only speak for myself. I didn't see what they did. I never watched what they did or talked to them. But I had a great support staff, not just the wrestlers, but I had, like, uh, Bison was there, Bison, Ray, Ray <laughs> uh, Dexter was there. I had, a, I had a lot of great people around me that, like, made me look. That's why I was able to drink all day because I had a great people around me. <laughs> guys also understood the business part of wrestling they also understood wrestling so that was a difference too right you have to know when to get yourself involved and when not to be involved with stuff and maybe they got involved too much i think the other thing is you guys will agree with me and i'll grow the company those guys just didn't have the relationships with you when they tried running you know and maybe they didn't try to you know foster one either i don't know i think for me that's more where where i thought like I, that's that's more my thinking of why it wasn't the same you, uh, Mick, built, you built relationships with us. WSU was your baby. I feel like with DJ and with Drew, we were the stepchild. Drew had Beyond. DJ had CZW. And right. it became a point for CZW that we just felt like we were the pre-show. We were the pre-show, and 
If you got to be there, cool. If not, it doesn't matter because CGW, Cage of Death is happening tonight or, you know, whatever whatever big event was happening. And, and that's fine. And not, not to take anything away from the CCW guys and everybody else who busted their ass, but it just felt like we were an afterthought. So while you were, you were hands-on to a point, you were hands-on with, like, you know, sending us our emails and making sure people knew what was going on. And even if you, de- if you did delegate stuff to other people, it was still a part of the team where coming into, like, I literally, I remember, like, one of my last few shows at WSU, I literally just felt like I was like, we are the pre-show. We are, mm-hmm. you know, come watch these chicks run around for a little bit if you want. If you don't, cool, whatever. But come to our big event. Like, there was so much more promotion for everything else where with you, you promoted WSU. You put out posters for WSU. You did. We did events for WSU. It wasn't WSU and CDW, WSU and beyond. So to me, that's my personal opinion of why it just was not the same vibe at all. But also too with Mick, he 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 tag teamed up with other indie companies and put a WSU match to build that platform, that fellowship of WSU. Whereas. Like DJ, I would say to him, you got the you you got the women's champion in town tonight. She should be if 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 your big show tonight, CCW. Why can't you put that women's match on there? The people will pop for it. And and to me, that tells me he was not confident in his product of CZW. Like I took it serious to a fault, like to a fault, because like Ray came from Jersey All Pro, so what do they do? They start their own company. So I'll get pissed about that. You know, like they, just to say how like passionate you were about it. You know, like I said, be. Shouldn't really be fighting. Who cares what people were? Like, looking back at it, who cares where people were? You shouldn't really care about it. But as a promoter, you do care because you know what they're trying to do. They're trying to bury your people, and you get pissed off. But like to what Amy was saying, like Brittany would tell you, I think must have been I must have had like fifty, hundred road trips with Brittany, just defending the spirit title somewhere. And like, I always wanted to make like an old NWA way where our belts meant something. So you come to this area, it's just WSU, and I think the, like I must have gave people like fifty to hundred bookings. Like between Britney and Alicia Mercedes when they had the belts for a while there, and yeah. they just got rid of all of that like business idea, you know. Even Tina and I, we we had shows that we did like on the road. I don't even remember if we were even the chance at that point. It was literally just we were WSU girls, and and uh, I and I don't think that that's not anything that they did. That's something that they were they seemed interested in. So I, I don't know what the state of WSU is now. I have not done a show. It's gone. I think my last it's match might have been actually Annie might have been one you might have been one of my last matches there when you and Cam were teaming up. My last match WSU is dead over there. It's dead. Well, I don't care what anybody's telling you. It's dead. <laughs> I know I know they rebranded it just last year. I looked at their website. It's now Women's Superstars United. I think they've only won run show under that exact title. And it's it is it's completely different basically what everybody else has been saying and I mean just last year, old WSU matches, not old from Mick's era, but from when DJ first took it over, they apparently sold it to a third-party company and were selling LaFisso versus Mercedes as a cat fight boobs galore. Or oh, You know who that is, don't you? That is the guy that used to own WEW. Yeah, Dan. That's who it is. Not Dan. The old dude. Perel. Yeah, Steve that's what it is. That's what it is. Steve Carroll. Steve Carroll is the one. Yep. I know Lafisto got into a big altercation with uh, CCW and that, and CCW was basically like, oh, we can't do anything. We sold it, and how they brand it is their own thing, which was just like crazy because I'm like, 
okay, some of us, yeah, we had, you know, low cut tops and, and our butts hanging out of our gear. But I mean, that's part of wrestling. I mean, I wear more to the beach than I do, you know, or less to the beach than I do when I'm actually wrestling. So like, to me, it's crazy that they're selling these things as, as cat fights. And that's how they are trying to promote WSC yeah. at the time. And I was like, mm-hmm. what are you thinking? The biggest that's problem with that, if you're the promoter, like DJ, DJ who sold, I guess, whatever. I guess. Yeah. yeah. You're losing your locker room with that. Like, how much money do you think he's really making off that deal? I understand he wanted money. That's like every promoter's job. What's he making off that? Two thousand dollars, three thousand dollars no. to lose your whole locker room over it? It's like not, it's not worth the trade off no. when you play like this, you know? Who owns it now? I think it's still under DJ. Is it, DJ is it still, still owns it. Now? So, so here you go. So here's a little bit for you. DJ still owns the company, but his video rights for, um, that in the beginning. He sold all those, like you said, with, like, Lufisto versus Mercedes. He sold that library to Steve Carroll, who now uses them and puts them on um, some pay-per-view buy channel, internet channel or something. Um, But he still owns it. But, honestly, he doesn't have a locker room because I remember he had girls that were there. One of the girls, I cannot remember her name, but one of the girls that was there – um, somebody had put their curling iron on her makeup bag and it, it got burnt and makeup got ruined. And she came to me and she said, what do I do? I go, well, you go to the promoter and you tell them because you got your shit burned. So she did. And she said something. So Maeve and Bentley went into his pocket to pay her, but he had no cash on him. So he looked at DJ. DJ's like, well, I have no money. And I go, yeah, because you're broke-ass mountain. I was pissed because I'm like, she came to you and said, I got a problem. And as a, you just shrugged, fuck you, you blew her off. So I felt bad for her. So I said, well, how much was, How much did you pay for that? And she said, 20 bucks. I went in my pocket. I gave her the 20 bucks. She goes, I can't take that from you. I go, yes, you can. And I said, because I'm your big sister, and I'll make sure you're taken care of. Because, you know, we never – see, that's another thing at WSU. You had a locker room full of women from all different backgrounds, all different ages, all different styles, and they got along. There was yep. no drama. When I went to that backstage at WSU, there was so much confrontation, so much anger, and, and just dismissiveness, and I was like, wow. And, I, you know, I, I didn't come in there like a blaze. I came there as the girls' voices. So the girls would say to me, he wants me to do this, and I'm like, listen, if you're not comfortable, don't do it. But he said he won't pay me. I go, did he pay you last time? They go, no. I go, he ain't going to pay you now. He didn't pay you last time. He ain't going to pay you now. I mean, you know, that's, that's just talk reality here. He didn't pay. Listen. DJ had the theory of, I'll gladly pay you Thursday if you wrestle for me Tuesday. Uh, you know, and that's wrong. It's wrong. Whereas with Mick, by a certain time at the show, boom, here's your envelope. 100%. Uh, but for me, I mean, I'm, I'll be 100% honest here. I never had an issue with DJ paying me. He might pay me on Sunday, like, because we would do customs the next day. But that's just uh-huh. because he has CCW. So I can honestly say I am one of the few people DJ does not owe a penny to. And he always <laughs> paid me yeah. within within the said time that he would pay me. So I'm sure. I'm actually lucky on that behalf. But I know when DJ – or no, I think maybe it was Drew. Drew and Alicia got into it on um, on Twitter, I think, and that's one of the reasons why she didn't come back is because she, he wanted to pay her like $25 or something ridiculous. Oh. And mm-hmm. she was like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. So, I, I, like, between Mick, Drew, and DJ, I never had an issue. I always got what I asked for. And they always paid my trans, whoever was with me as well. So, 
on that end, I was all good. So I never had any of those issues like some of the other. That's guys. another thing, too, with you guys. Like, so you guys all kind of grew with me, unlike them. You guys would drive from Ohio all the time. That you just think Jessica got flew, flown, you know, there. Back, back. Well, she was living in Florida at the time. Oh, she's living in Florida. But, yeah, but, you know what I'm saying? Like, you guys will – we're all grown together at the time. So maybe, like, everyone got to a level and they just know how to handle it maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I, I remember one time reading an article – I don't know where it was, Mick, but I saved – I have a picture of it somewhere where you said that with the Midwest militia – and I don't want to, like, put over my shit too much because I want to talk about all of our shit. But um, that you said that once you sold it, you thought Drew knew what he had with us, and then he just dropped the ball that we were like the female shield before the shield was a thing in WWE. Uh, like I, I, if I stayed, I would have ran for another year and a half before you, you know, you start splitting everybody off. But that, I, you guys, all three, of you guys were great in that, you know. Uh, one of the best times of my career for sure. Uh, and that was like, all your guys' idea too. <laughs> Well, I don't know if anybody here knows this story, but I shared it with you before, and I did a bonus episode on my Patreon with Allison Kay on this. Uh, Mick was trying to kick around ideas for the name of the Midwest Militia as we were we were developing and starting to grow in, into what we were becoming. And his original name that he pitched to Jessica and I, and I said, I think he told me he didn't remember saying this, but he wanted us to be the Buckeye Bitches. Mm. <laughs> 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 At least I listened. Yeah. <laughs> I but that was amazing because AK's because AK's not from Ohio, and nobody outside of Ohio understands. Nobody would like that reference. You're unless you're from the Midwest, specifically yeah. Ohio, you don't get that reference either. The I was like that. With, I was like that with everybody because I know Annie came up with Beatdown Betty's. I didn't come up with that. Yeah. I think Brittany might have came up with Cosmo Club. I'm not sure if I came up with that or not. I think you came up with it because we kept, like, <laughs> trying to put our heads together, and I had nothing. And you were like, what about the Cosmo Club? But you also gave um, April and I our name, too, which is the what AC was that? Express. The oh, AC yeah. Express. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I think Tina and I named ourselves. Yeah, you guys named yourselves. I remember you guys did. Yeah. Flats, Flats named us, actually. So I let people want their own stuff. I I can throw you an idea. If you have something better, I'll just take it. Fuck guys, bitches. I'm going to text that to Allison right now. (laughs) I told, because Allison didn't know that, because I remember when we came up with Midwest Militia, Jessica and I were at a show somewhere. I think we were wrestling each other, and we were talking about it, like, what are we going to name ourselves, and blah, 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 blah. And Mick and Texas that, and we're like, there's no way in hell we're going to be called the Buckeyes. <laughs> we have to come up with something. I don't know where Midwest Militia came from at the time, but I know that's such a badass name. <laughs> I think you're really brand like you say if W had that name, you could really brand it well. You know, kind of the fatigues yeah. and everything. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. they have the budget to do that, but yeah. Now, one of the Mick, I have to thank you from the bottom of my heart for that because Midwest Militia is so dear to my heart. There's still people who ask like. Hey Stephanie, um, when COVID's over, uh, Midwest Militia are they going to do a return? And I'm like, <laughs> Jessica is currently with Impact, so that's no way that's going to happen. And then Allison, she's a free agent that needs to be signed somewhere, so I really doubt that's going to happen. And I'm pretty much retired. I'm having babies and I'm done, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, w- I, if somebody did ask and I was in shape, I would a hundred percent do it with both of them. I may come back with the Montreal Militia. I don't don't know there's unless it's me and Lufisto I don't know there's not many other girls that I would I would go to battle with here in Montreal not not saying anything bad about them I'm just saying 
battle tested would definitely have to be Lefisto. Well, she's still wrestling Lefisto. Yeah. Um, well, right now in Canada, there's no wrestling shows zero zilch nada across the whole country. So, and the border pretty much is closed unless you right. are going for work, and which then she would have to have a visa and all that, and you know all the crazy border BS that goes on between wrestling and that. So, not at the moment, but I don't think she's anywhere. She's near. not retired. Just yeah, no, she's nowhere near done. Yeah, no, she's just locked out right now. So, yeah, yeah. That's how most of us are. Well, you guys, I want to thank you guys so much for coming on. Like, I feel like I said this earlier. You guys are my family. And I'm always going to be tied to you guys one way or another through WSU, and I'm so grateful. Thank you for having us. This was a really yeah. fun – it was really nice to catch up with everybody and uh, to see where everyone's at and just reminisce about the good old days. Well, this was actually Marty's idea. Her podcast is out, and she was like, you should really do, like, a WSU Originals. And I was like, you know what? That's a great idea. And I asked, the reason why you guys are all here, I loved everybody at WSU. I never had an issue with anybody, is because you guys were requested by specific people that I asked on, on uh, Twitter and Instagram and all that. So, like, Annie, today she was like, you should ask Missy Sampson. I was like, oh, I already have six people. I feel like it's going to be a little too much, but I would love to have Missy. And if I do this again in the future, I will definitely have Missy and other. Alicia needs to be on here as oh, well. Oh, yeah, for Rogers. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jana, there's a lot of Jana, yeah. Jana yes. Yeah, Jana. All of them. I'd love, to, I'd love to do this every year for the WSU. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we, March, we, we got to do it March. We got to do it for the anniversary show. Yeah, and well, this is exactly when it's coming out, is the day after the anniversary. So, hell yeah. Nice. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for being a part. This is Talking Sass. Until next time, guys. Thanks. Love you guys. Hey, this is a Total Package, Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Check out In the Room. Every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Cassie Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with History, the voice of choice, and Killer Ken Resnick. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airlines cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Taylor, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling With History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the traveling sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums around the globe. New episodes air on VOC Nation Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Join Paul Baker, Dave Cartney, Mark Viquez, Dan Calachico, and guests 
from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Dirty Podcast on VOC Nation. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Rock and Roll Union and North Step Productions, in conjunction with Boo Ray Atlantic City, proudly present Jersey Shore Jam 2. May 15th. Featuring As We Become Ghosts and Rat Rod. It's been a long, cold winter, and now it's time to rock. Also appearing, the Rock and Roll Union house band, Shades of Grey, playing all of your favorites from the 60s to now. All COVID regulations will be in place. Tickets are available at eventbrite.com and are extremely limited, so get them before they run out. Doors open at 6 and showtime is at 7. Rat Rod, As We Become Ghosts, and Shades of Grey. Jersey Shore Jam 2, May 15th at Blu-ray, 201 South New York Avenue, Atlantic City. Did I mention there's free parking? Don't miss it. Yo, this is Jerry Stags of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You get ready to get nasty? Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty Sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.